0: You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lup is The Unstoppable from Acts chapter 5 verses 17
1: to 42. In case you didn't know, today we have, um, this is our first Sunday of the month. And so we're going to have communion, but uh, toward the end, after the the, the sermon. Uh, But today we have um, dual live stream, meaning that we have New Light Christian Church Singapore over there in Singapore. It's going to be linked over live stream with us. Uh, Pastor William is traveling, so I'm going to preach here and receive the live stream over there. And uh, part of a training for uh, our church there, uh, in some of the point of my message, there will be uh, three person, three people are going to share some of the point. And I think they are still uh, singing the last song, right? Is that right, Peter? Yeah. So um, what we're going to do is maybe I just read the text for us right now because it's kind of a, a little bit long, this passage. Uh, and the passage I um, entitled, The Unstoppable. But to give you some kind of recap here, uh, in the book of Acts, uh, we, uh, for those of you new, we are going through uh, uh, two books, the book of Proverbs and the book of Acts. Uh, we, I alternate between those every other two weeks, right? And so um, we ended about two weeks ago uh, with uh, verse uh, 16. Uh, chapter Five. If you have the Bible, you can uh, turn to uh, Acts Chapter Five. Um, the passage just kind of before that, uh, the apostle did many signs and wonder. I mean miracles, right? Uh, the terms signs and wonder, miracle, uh, synonymous. And they regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostle. Verse uh, 12. Um, they were all together in Solomon. So kind of like the temple, remember. This is the beginning of the Acts. Acts. Uh, the church was being formed, meaning at that time, they only have the temple, the synagogue. So after the gospel, Jesus preached uh, the, the good news and, you know, and declared the kingdom comes. So during the, the gospel that we read, you know, um, uh, Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke, was they were only temple and so as the boulevard begin to to unfold and and uh, and the holy spirit endow, uh, and down endowment of the holy spirit to the uh, uh, the apostle disciple they begin to scatter out because the oppression of the roman empire if without the oppression of the roman empire probably they gonna stay in jerusalem and sing Kumbaya. They can just sing song and huddle-huddle and cozy-cozy. And they're happy with their Jewishness plus Jesus. But in God's sovereignty, he saw that. And he already some sort of, you know, foresee before that. You know, as people getting strength, they gather together and build the Tower of, uh, you know, Babel uh, in the Old Testament. And then, you know, God scattered them because of, you know, he shuffled their languages. And so in the book of Acts, chapter, uh, chapter 1, we saw that they, 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 they received the Holy Spirit and they continue to uh, speak the message of Jesus. And now, right now, you see, the persecution begins as they perform miracles and a lot of people receive by faith and joyful, but there's some not happy, some not happy about it, especially the religious leaders. And so here... They tried to arrest them. And they, in fact, they about to arrest them in this passage. And, uh, but verse 13 says, none of the rest dared to join them because they just saw the miracle that the apostle did. And they, they held them in high esteem, respected them. Verse 14, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitude, both men and women. I remember the great fear... Was upon the church because the two dead, Anais and Sapphira, because they told a lie about you know selling their piece of property, and we, we learned that two weeks ago. As I ended two weeks ago, that sometimes there need to be a, is necessary to have a great fear in the church. Sometimes the church will not grow because they have no fear of the Lord. They, they they tell lies all the time, and they think Christian, you know, is have a license to tell a lie because grace. I mean, the case there is the first debt in the New Testament, <laughs> right after you know uh, the the church begin to form, and so, so the, the, the all the people there, you know, get attention. You know, okay, we we need to get our lives serious, and the Holy Spirit, because the one who listened to all of our prayer. And know the condition of heart. So if we tell a lie, whether a human being, we are lying to the Holy Spirit. And of course, in the passage, it's an instant debt. Now by God's grace and mercy, if any one of us here ever told a lie, God's mercy that let us live so that we can repent, not because so that we can continue to lie. You see, the grace of God is beautiful because the grace of God is not a license to sin. The grace of God is enabling us to live a life like Christ. Are you still with me? And so um, they agree um, that that um, that they come together and they uh, the, 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 the the people saw all the the miracle that the Apostle done. Uh, verse 16: The people also gather from the towns around Jerusalem and bring the sick and those afflicted with the unclean spirit. They were all healed. At this stage, we saw that imagine picture that you know, right in the in, in the kind of a public square, they saw healings. They saw the apostle with the power from God that can heal the sick. even <laughs> the, the shadow. Uh, their shadow can can heal them and they, they 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 cast out demon unclean spirit so great miracles now verse 17 verse 17 the high priest rose up all who were with him that is the party of the Saducee and feel with jealousy so pay attention feel with jealousy I mean instead of they rejoicing to see oh. All the sick got healed and the unclean spirit. Uh, I mean, is that what they're really looking for? But for whatever reason in their heart, they feel with jealousy. And they arrested the apostle and put them in a public prison, kind of a government, you know, prison, not not a private prison, okay? So I don't know what the condition at that time should be, very scary, right? And verse 19. During the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison door and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the word of this life. Verse 21. (laughs) When they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison and have them brought, to have them brought. But when the officer came, they did not find them in prison, so they returned and reported, "We found the prison securely locked, and the guards standing at the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside." Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, about this, this, what, what happening before their eyes, wondering what this good come to. Verse 25. Someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain of the officer went and brought them, But not by force, for they were afraid being stoned by the people. Verse 27. When they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name, and yet here we have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Verse 29. But Peter and the Apostle answer, "We must obey God than man. The God of our Father raised Jesus, whom you kill by hanging him on a tree." By the way, the uh, I- idea in the um, ancient, um, in the New Testament, Old Testament. We call it the cross, but not a kind of a shiny, you know, kind of a shape. It's it's like a tree. They just put a piece of wood and, you know, put together. And so that's why they call it a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as a leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we were witnesses to these things. So is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Verse 33. When they heard this, they were enraged wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in a council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave order and put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. Verse 36. For therefore this day the the Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, join him. Uh, during this time, historical setting is that a lot of um, so-called um, you know rebels, Jewish rebels, The uh, they want to do many Jewish revolt against the Roman who occupy their land. They want to kick the Roman out, and so um, you know they, they they thought that Jesus going to be political king. And that's why they, they, they hope that he will be kicked the Roman out. So they still kind of fight with the, the, the Roman soldier. And, and so verse 37, after Judas um, uh, him, uh, and Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him, he too perished. And all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But it is of God. You will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. Verse 40. And when they had called in the apostle, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the president of the council, rejoicing. They were counted worthy to suffer this honor for the name. Verse 42. And every day in the temple, from house to house, remember, this is the kind of a transition here. So they went to the temple as they still were Jewish. They went to the temple, but they began to meet from house to house. That's the beginning of forming of the church. And they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Amen. All right, Singapore size, are you ready? NLCC Singapore? Yes? we are. All right, thank you. So um, I just finished reading the passage. Um, you guys can read the passage later on, chapter 5, verse 17 to 42. And uh, now I will begin to kind of uh, unpack the passage with some of the main points. So you ready? Singapore? Singapore. Yes, okay. Um, I want to see the Singapore. Okay, welcome New Light Christian Church Singapore. It's good to be with you connecting over the live stream. And um, last week you guys treated me well and uh, thank you. And, uh, our team enjoyed it, three of us um, you know, have an opportunity to share. I mean, uh, 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 ro- Robert, Khan, and Lum. Uh, so this morning, as um, I already introduced here, but for Singapore side, there will be Jason, there will be uh, Josiah, and Jonah uh, to share some part of this message. So this is part of a, a collaboration of uh, training and making disciple and. And so I, as I did the workshop there last Sunday, so hope that uh, NLCC Singapore, you can see, begin to pray for them and see the fruit uh, that, that have been, uh, you guys have been faithfully uh, um, praying for them and journey uh, with them. We're proud to be, uh, you know, be part of a family, new life family of, of churches. And so uh, this is a, a very uh, a, a good time that we uh, can connect over this live stream. Amen. Amen. All right, point number one I want to bring out is persecution and miracle. Imprisonment, deliverance, restriction, and proclamation. As we can see throughout, even in the Old Testament and now New Testament, that sometimes God's people, for whatever reason, they were stiff-necked, stubborn, spiritual, spiritually lazy, lethargic. They don't really have worshiped the Lord with all their heart, with all their strength, with all, you know, their whole being. So they begin to kind of venture into other gods in the Old Testament. They begin to think, oh, maybe other God is more powerful. If we're going to fight this battle, maybe we need another god, the god of this land, the god of that land. And they begin to make allies that is the the Lord Yahweh clearly said, no, you shouldn't rely on them because I am your God. I am the God Almighty. So the Old Testament used a lot of metaphor that God is a warrior. God is the Almighty. He will fight the battle for them. But somehow they did not quite fully trust him. And so she allowed, okay, since you did not really trust me, I, I let you see other powerful nation to really crush you down. And bring to you know, exile, and then you begin to get you know attention, and you begin to worship me in the foreign land, and that's what he did. And so they kind of you know woke up, and they with all the prophecy, with all the prophet warning them, you know. Return to the Lord, return to the Lord, return to the Lord. And so they wake up and they begin to worship the Lord Yahweh again, sin and after sin. And then uh, God told the the prophet, say, I will bring you the Messiah, you know, Messiah, the Christ. And that one day he will become a suffering servant. And all the book of Isaiah talk about the suffering servant, the coming king and so on and on they kind of, they were waiting a bit, but you know, too long, you know, a couple hundred years, 700 plus years. And when the time of Christ in the New Testament came, they though they know the scripture, but they did not recognize it because they, though they have a form of godliness, especially the religious leader, the the, the, the Pharisee, the Sadducee, the Sanhedrin, the, all kinds of the, the religious cabinet. And they're they, they hoping that that the reason they're being suffered under the Roman because maybe God forgot them, maybe God because punished them. So they long for, you know, you know usurp the Roman power and because they enemy. And so God, you know, sent Messiah, Christ the King, and they missed the point because uh, they did not understand the scripture and they did, cannot make the connection. And even Christ performed so many different miracles and even the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, the endowment of the Holy Spirit, and the promise of returning, and yet they still not believe. And uh, the Jesus uh, gave the power to the apostle and said, "Okay, you know you're going to go out and preach about the gospel until I return." And that's what the apostle did, and they performed miracle according to the name, according to the power of God, and yet they were not happy. They put them in jail out of jealousy. Out of jealousy. Not because they did something wrong against the law. Neither Roman law that they violated. They did not violate the Roman law. They did not violate the Jewish law. Remember, this is the time of there is two law existed. The Jewish community will use God's law, the Old Testament law. That's why they charge, they bring trial at night for Jesus. Why? Because they're afraid that in the morning, the Roman law will overpower them. In fact, they already charged Jesus for blasphemy, right? You're a son of God. But they brought to the Roman court, which is Pilate was in charge at that time. And he said, I found this man no guilty. He washed his hand and said, okay, but um, if you guys want, uh, I, I will hand it over to you. But I'm clean. My hand is clean. Because it's a power play. Because the Romans also kind of give a degree of respect to the Jewish group in the region because they're afraid riot, they were afraid, you know, some kind of tension, more revolts coming up. So they say, okay, uh, take Jesus, what do you want? We can have a tradition, release a criminal. What do you guys want? Okay, and they say, Barabbas, Barabbas, one of their guys, the, the insurrectionists, the rebel against the Romans. So, so at that time, in both the Jewish court and the Roman court, Jesus was not guilty of any charge. But because the crowd, the mob, is already overpowered, the Romans say, crucify, crucify, crucify him. So they took him out and crucified by their own means, even though with the means of Roman execution method, which is crucifixion. So the Romans still give them the power for capital punishment, so, kind of they, 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 even though they said, "Oh, we don't not getting to do with you guys," but they hand shook because they authorized the Jewish group to crucify Jesus. This is why they were not happy because they feel that the apostle continued to tell about Jesus, which means they, the blood, the guilt blood, is on their head. Which is what they really outspoken at the scene of crucifixion say, "Crucify him." Um, even let the, you know, the blood on our head and our descendant, they they happy to let Jesus die and receive the curses because they want him to be dead so desperately. And so here we are, as they saw the apostle perform miracles, preaching the name of Jesus, they were not happy. They put them into prison. Tell them to shut up. Say, you can't tell about Jesus. You can do anything else. Think about this huh if the apostle were doing charity they probably clap their hand and say well done we like it if the apostle wording social work they probably yeah yeah that be it. if the apostle tried to run for political cabinet try to be in with the roman or establish a jewish uh, or or uh, at that time even they don't have the word christian yet Maybe Jewish, uh, believing Messiah Christ uh, political party, they probably maybe handshake and do a little bit of shared work, but the only thing they did is to tell the city of Jerusalem about the name, the name of Jesus. That's all they did, and they heal people. Instead of if they think that if the apostle. Gonna help the city that we reduce the public health, you know, budget because a lot of people got healed. Instead, they got jealous. Imagine that. If 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 the church today that performed miracle and got many got sick, healed cancer, all of that, probably you know we're gonna get rewarded, <laughs> you know, better than the hospital. But that didn't happen because they were jealous because the condition of their heart, jealousy that put, you know, the disciple. Into prison and they witness, as they see here, the deliverance of the Lord. They did not against the Roman. They did not fight with the soldier. They did not try to sneak in and try to key Smith and Hacker, you know, get out of jail because I cannot you know follow the Roman. They are wicked. They stay in jail, but the angel of the Lord deliver them according to the will. It also you to notice that. Oh, now you run. Now I deliver. You run to the mountain. Go to other countries. I you stay, know, you know, seek asylum. And you come back here. This is country wicked. But the angel said, no, no, no. You go back to the place where you got arrested. Go there. But this time, preach Jesus even more. Standing at the corner of public square. Will they be, you know, afraid to get arrested again? Of course they did. I mean, it's human to say, oh, oh, is that, is that true, angel of the Lord? Uh, uh, I mean, you deliver me, I go back, and they go back to jail again? So tr- you try to picture this, okay? Now, on this point, I'd like to invite um, Jason there, are you there? Uh, to share uh, some of his reflection and application for this point. Jason, are you ready? Alright, Jason, uh, can I have a screen for here, for Jason?
2: Can you see me, uh, so Pastor that Jason,
1: line? that's uh, our church there, New Light yeah. Singapore. New Light Christian Church, Singapore. Alright, go on. Um, go ahead, Jason. Over to you.
2: Good morning, uh, friends in uh, Vietnam and uh, Singapore. Uh, so, we are talking about this Acts 5 uh, verse 17. We uh, we understand that the high priests and the Sadducees were jealous. So in order to know why they feel jealous, okay, there is a, you can read from verse 12 to 16, a few verses uh, ahead, uh, that the apostles, when they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, to they were performing miraculous uh, signs and wonders, healing the sick and uh, casting out uh, evil spirits. In the name and authority of Jesus. So this resulted in many people coming to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And the high priest and the Sadducees, uh, the reason why they are jealous is because for them who are supposed to be the ones closer to God, they cannot perform all these miraculous acts. And these people are just fishermen. And yet, they are able to do that. So, I think the reason because, as what Pastor Love has said, they have missed the point because they do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So, even though they believe God, they go to the temple every day, they, you know, intercede for the people, but they totally missed the point. And uh, from verse... 19 to verse 21, you know, the apostles, they were put to jail because of this jealousy. And then, uh, but then we know uh, the God has sent angels to rescue them and brought them out of jail. And they were instructed to go back to the temple to give the message of life. So when we see what is the message of life, I think the good news of Jesus as the Savior and Lord in our life, the message that gives life, that gives hope and healing and the deliverance of mankind. So the apostles obeyed and they began teaching at the temple. So even though they are under the watchful eyes of the Sanhedrin and that their lives could be in danger once again, but they continue to preach the gospel with boldness. So how does this uh, verse apply? First of all, I think we need to understand that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to do the work for the kingdom of God. Not by our own might or our own strength, but really is to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. There are times uh, in our modern situation, I think we we do face situations when we are prompted by the Spirit. You know, maybe to go to that stranger, pray for him, you know, or to do something. But sometimes we feel very embarrassed. We feel that, oh, we don't know what's the outcome. You know, how people will look at us. My, I would like to encourage us that, you know, you do what God tells us to do. We do what the Holy Spirit tells us. But God is the one to determine the end result, not us. We just have to be faithful you know, to do what we are asked to do. And as followers of Jesus, I think we must be prepared to face persecution from the world. The gospel may cause damages in our relationship with friends or family, which it happens, and uh, we have uh, witnessed ourselves. And in some countries, you may be even be put to jail. People will ridicule us. But Jesus promised in Matthew 5, Verse 10 to 12, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you, When we face persecution while sharing the gospel in our life, I think we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to empower us. For what we do with our faithfulness, God will deliver His promise. Another thing about this passage that I get from a self-reflection is to always be constantly remind myself that we need not be jealous or envy what other brothers, sisters can do. Because all of us are given different talents, you know, to do the work in the kingdom. Because when you feel envy or jealous, sometimes it will cause disunity in the church. It brings anger, resentment against others. I think we need to remind ourselves, always be faithful with what God has given us in the form of talents and collaborate with others for the work of the kingdom. That's all I need to share. Thank you.
1: Jason, for our size here, New Life, just have a, have a quick story about Jason. I met him like 20 years ago in a church camp when I just first arrived in Singapore, getting ready for the three-year you know, ND program, and I met him in Sabah. I mean, the, with the church camp there in Sabah, Malaysia, in near Mount Kinabalu. And he was some sort of, you know, just taking along with his wife. His wife was a Christian, but he was not at that time a yet a believer. And just sitting down in the lobby, and you know, I think at that time is like very, you know, uh, don't want to join the church. And I saw the work of God, uh, you know, working his life and a lot of prayers. I was there. Uh, I talked to him a little bit, but he kind of be withdraw uh, and uh, didn't. Uh, didn't talk to me uh, or anyone in the church. Just take along with his wife and his family. But miraculous, you know, work of God through his life. And, you know, he got saved later on. And, you know, and that's what he shared. That's really relevant to his uh, his life. Because the only, the message of life, the messes of the word, the word of life, the message of life to Jesus Christ that really can transform the people. Amen? <laughs> and so... Um, um, The gospel is the word of life. It's just not something that we hang with the picture or uh, just a saying. It uh, It must be active and living in us. Because if the gospel is dead in our life, we won't be able to share. Because people look at us, have just a religious form, an empty cell, a dead shell, and not really an active gospel. We must be the gospel carer. We must be the gospel that actively living out the gospel. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is alive. And the word of, of, of the Lord is eternal life. This is where in John, later on, all the disciples heard this from Jesus that, you know, the conversation with Jesus and Peter in John chapter 6, verse 68, that, you know, the, after many disciples that left Jesus, because he always seemingly said that, you know, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they say, what is this? Is This is Dracula, you know, kind of cow. And they did not believe him, so they left him. They left him because they, he used metaphor because he died as well. But this is in John chapter 6, so we have not no crucifixion yet. So, uh, and, and, and this Jesus asked Peter and the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Many other people, you know, went away and left me already. Peter said, no, 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 Lord, whom shall we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Which means that when, when Peter said this, that the people, uh, the Jewish, will understand that he's the Holy One of Israel. This is the term that used in the Old Testament. This is, you are the Son of God, you are the Holy One of God. And, 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 and Jesus replied, did I not choose you? This while? So we are all sitting here, even though the attempt of many human efforts, somebody shared the Word of God with us, the message of life. But it is actually God is working in our life and that touching us and he chose us before we learn to choose him. Amen. And so point number two, I'd like to bring point number two. That we talk about obedience and witnessing. We saw in the story that the, the, the disciple obey, obey the command to go out and share the good news. They can just, you know, but God used the Roman to oppress them. Persecute them, but all the more, as the Bible recorded, wherever they go, they're being oppressed and persecuted. They continue to share the word, and and they they were the witnesses. They were the witnesses of what of the Jesus crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, and they saw the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in the, in chapter two. And and they saw that's why this is where they say to the 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 the, the religious group. Because, the, by the way, the Sanherin has the, some sort of a power to arrest people, right? So they call religious police sometimes. Uh, so they arrest them, but they say, okay, we must obey God rather than men. Uh, because we are witnesses of God's sovereignty. We cannot but speak the name of Jesus. If you ever come to that sense, people want to shut your mouth and say, no, no, don't talk about Jesus. I have enough. They say, we cannot but speak the name of Jesus. So the next point is I uh, I to bring the next slide is the um, o- obedience to God from this context is only on the issue of faith and the teaching of Jesus so this verses a lot of people use misuse it whenever they want to disobey the government they say oh we must obey God than men but you read this context this only apply here that you cannot teach about Jesus on the issue of faith and Jesus. Because why? They fill Jerusalem with the teaching of Jesus. On other issue, we have the book of Romans chapter 13. Let me read for us. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And some of you will disagree with Scripture. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it not suit your theology, it not suit your political affiliation. Let every person be subject to the governing authority. Verse 1. For there is no authority except from God, and that those exist have been instituted by God. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Verse 3. For rulers are not of terror to good conduct too bad. Good you have no fear of the one who is in authority. Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. Verse 4. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God me mean the govern, governing authority an avenger for those who like mc you know marvel <laughs> comic an avenger <adventure laughs> who carry out god's wrath well we have a tendency we only obey the things that we like I mean, this is old story already, but all of us here, universally, every church around the world face one common issue during the pandemic is vaccination. Divisive, globally. For whatever reason, the Christian, sometimes we were crazy. Because we do not read the text carefully. We oppose this. we oppose that, nothing to do with faith. Nothing to do with the teaching of Jesus. We oppose this on the ground of this and on the ground of that. It's all human opinion and not biblical idea. There's a difference between man's idea and God's plan and this God's plan. Actually, that the disciples here, they really, they want this. They can't believe Jesus. Tell them. Tell them to preach the good news to the Romans. Because all they want is the Jewish got saved and get back their Jewish state. They want to get back their country and kick out the Romans. All that's what they dream for. All that they think the Old Testament that the promising of the the, the, the promise of the Messiah is to really literally kick out the Roman and Jesus is going to sit on the king and that's why John and James asked for the right hand and the left hand. They want in the cabinet. But Jesus died. Their hope and faith shattered. And they die for the Romans. <laughs> they died for the oppressor. <laughs> he died for the oppressor. And then tell the good news to them so that they can go to heaven with us. Think about that. Here in the context, they told to the sanhedrin the religious, the, we must obey God rather than man on the issue of faith that we continue to believe him. And that's what we call to. This is the Great Commission. We continue to speak the gospel to bring redemption to the entire world, those who believe, Jew, Gentile, Greek, barbarian, all of that. And they got arrested for that because they was banned not to speak the name of Jesus. In this context, they say, we must obey God and men, not on the other issue. Are you still with me? Other issue, go to Roman 13, yeah? Vietnam, Vietnam law. I don't complain, oh, why Vietnam law? is not like US law. Why US law is not like Cambodian law? Why Cambodian law is not like, you know, the tribal law? Remember your geography, okay? Where you are, follow that law. If I happen to be in the jungle, I probably gonna follow the jungle law in Amazon, if I were there. Otherwise, I got killed, (laughs) right? You with me? So we don't have to do the, we don't need to romanticize, politicize, and criminalize scripture. We don't need to like, oh, this is not what I want to do. They Who have the right on my body? You know, I do not do no vaccination and so on. Is that on the issue of faith? Is that on the teaching of Jesus? If not, then do it. Some of you are willing to pay for a tequila shot to get drunk, smoke, a nice Havana cigar to contaminate your lung without thinking. Are you still with me? Yeah. of being to God on the issue and the matter of faith and the teaching of Jesus. The rest, Romans 13. Yeah? Alright, on this one, I'd like to invite Josiah to share with us on this point. Over to
0: you, Josiah.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, I'll be talking more about this point on obedience to God rather than men. So we're looking at Acts uh, five verse seventeen to forty-two. I think in this passage, like, the main verse that kind of reflects this theme is in verse uh, 29, which, where the apostles tell the Sanhedrin that we must obey God rather than any human authority. So I think throughout this passage, there are two key incidents that reflect the apostles' obedience to God rather than to obeying men, which in this case is the Sanhedrin. So the first instance is in verses 18 to 21. So this is when they're arrested and then they're thrown into jail and then the angel of the Lord comes and rescues them. Then the angel of the Lord instructs them to go and preach in the temple. So then uh, the temple is like a, it's a very public place. So if they were to go back and preach in the temple, they are probably going to get arrested again. And yeah, it would be like really obvious and they probably like suffer similar consequences again. And it seems a bit ironic and illogical because the angel is bringing them out of jail and they're going to be thrown back in if they were to preach. And uh, if I were one of the apostles, I'd probably be quite afraid and fearful to go and preach. But then we see in verse 21 that at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. So this kind of shows how willing they are to obey. And uh, it shows how much fear they really have for God and to um, obey Him. So um, you can see that they um, go out to preach at daybreak. So there's no like hesitancy. They don't like wait until like later. They go immediately. And they immediately start preaching. So this of reflects how convicted they are to really obey the will of God and despite the risks that are there. So, the second incident is, you know, after they go and preach in the temple, then they are arrested again. And then uh, they... In verse 40, uh, the Sanhedrin tells the apostles that uh, we order them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And this is right after the Sanhedrin were considering to kill all the apostles for preaching again. So this is, like, another layer of, like, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, it's even worse. Like, they put in even more danger. If they continue to go and preach again, yeah, they might even be killed. And, you know, if I were them, you know, I wouldn't know if I would want to go and continue preaching, or maybe, like, preaching, like, in a temple or, like, uh, in the same area, you know, I might go somewhere else and do it, or just try and obey in a smaller shape or form. But then we see, yet again, in verses of 41 and 42 that they were preaching back in the public eye, back in the temple, and then from house to house every single day. Yeah, so they weren't afraid of the Sanhedrin spotting them again, but they're carrying out the Word of God with um, conviction. They yeah, are with full confidence, and they know that obeying God's specific commands is more important than submitting to men. And they know how significant their work is in bringing people to come to know who Jesus is and to be saved. So here we kind of see where the apostles' priorities lie, that they put God first over any human authority, and they really carry the fear of the Lord with them wherever they go and in whatever they do. So I think we can apply this message to our lives as well. Maybe not the same thing as like preaching 24-7 or like, you know, being at risk of being killed for it. But I think even in everyday life, whether we choose to obey God with this same conviction And confidence because I can say for myself even in the day-to-day things sometimes I don't obey God with this same willingness that the Apostles do. Sometimes it's quite easy to cave into the pressures of friends or society or culture and it doesn't even have to be things like preaching to a friend but it could even be small things like how we conduct ourselves you know maybe in school or at the workplace. Um, Is our behavior, our actions, our words, are they influenced by external pressures? Or are they influenced by the Word of God? And being and so light in the world comes with obedience, and this isn't always an easy thing to do. You know, sometimes it's easy to step back and let go and fit in with what everyone else is doing. And it is indeed challenging to obey God in every aspect of our lives, and we fall short every day. But in this passage, we really see how much awe and reverence that the apostles have for God and how willing they are to give their lives to Him. And this translates in their obedience in even in risking their lives for Him. So for us, I guess we can think and reflect on whether we truly adopt this attitude in our lives. Do we really fear God as much as these apostles do? Uh, where do we prioritize God? And are we truly willing to obey Him with this same conviction and confidence? Yeah, that's all I have. All right,
1: thank you, Josiah. Uh, Josiah, parents uh, were sent out uh, to um, plant the church in... Uh, um, Johor Bahru, next uh, border with Singapore, so we have a new life, uh, Malaysia, Johor Bahru, Bukit India, the area close to Singapore border, maybe about f- four hour drive, I think, and so uh, they're still back and forth, and uh, Josiah is living in Singapore, still studying, uh, university, and so thank you, Je- uh, Josiah. Now, I'd like to continue with point number um, uh, two, uh, witness of God's sovereignty, Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. You know, sometimes if you really be honest with yourself, the reason sometimes we are you and, you and I, there are moments when we are not proud of the gospel. That's why we don't tell people. We kind of ship it a bit. we kind of quiet. They'll, you know, don't, this is the, you know, the country. Don't tell about Jesus. Well, I tell you, in this country, you can personally express your belief. You just cannot do on the street like in the old day preaching, you know, you know, street evangelism like in, you know, the West, in Europe, or in America. But you can tell your personal faith. It's not private. It's personal. It's a personal expression. As people can tell about other faith, They can talk about other, their hobby and interest. They can talk about all kinds of stuff in the office. When people ask, you are able and should be able to tell what you believe. But it is understandable that sometimes we do not really witness the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Have we been crucified with Christ? It's no longer we live, but Christ lives in us. Or we try to take control of our life. Have we been witnessing or living out the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is there a rest of the hope in our life? Or people look at our life and say, you are hopeless as I am. Your colleague, ask your colleague, ask your co-worker. Honest, ask them, take them out for a meal or coffee. Say, uh, can you honestly tell me about my life? What do you think? See any different without a colleague? They say, no, you the same, sometimes worse. <laughs> then repent. You know, no shame, no guilt about it, you know? I say, okay, brother, sister, or you whatever the one that told you. Is that really true? I repented. I am a believer. I know Jesus. I was maybe not walking in the light. Maybe I'm still telling a partial story, but I repent now. And this is the, the hope in Christ for, for you and me. And you testify right there. That's how you share the gospel. You share the gospel from the point of witnesses, not from the point of power. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is from below, from at the, the cross. That's where you and I die to sin. Alive in Christ, you do not share the gospel on the superior kind of level. You got—I was sin as you. I was—I'm a backer as you. I a, a chief sinner, like the Apostle Paul said. I am a chief sinner because the grace of God that you and I can have hope. If you find difficult to share the good news to others because you try to be a better Christian. You have to wash your language sometimes. Uh, how's how your life? Uh, I try to be a better Christian. Uh, I tried to be a better Christian this year. There's no such thing in the Bible Try to tell you you're a bad Christian. You and I need to be crucified. You and I need to be died to sin and now we walk to Christ. If we sin, we repent. Repentance should be a lifestyle. And then we repent and we pray and say, Can you pray for me? Sorry, I made a mistake. I say, Sorry, the grace of God is good for you and for me. And now we can pray together. You begin to tell others about Jesus in your offices, in your community, in your school, in your factory, and you will see and witness God's sovereignty over your life. Crucifixion resurrection if you tell the gospel to other like another self help, oh yeah you know, just be better try harder believe Jesus more, be Jesus more they need to see the gospel active and living in your life and my life amen, amen. are you still with me Singapore? yes alright, number three Actually, number two was point B. Uh, witnesses of God's sovereignty, Jesus is the leader and savior. During this time, they, the apostles should follow another leader. Because in human term leaders mean the leaders must be alive. <laughs> you must follow somebody that's alive and somebody that really can lead you to win the enemy. That's what they think leader is, right? Uh, for those of you who follow leader, whether political, you want to your party to, 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 to win, and lead the country, and on the issue of war, you want a leader to win the war. That's the leader, right? In a company, you want to follow a CEO, a leader that can generate most the most, you know, the, the benefit the, and, and income and the most, you know, uh, the wonderful package for you. You follow the leader who feeds you. You follow a leader that really can give you the comfort of life and the supply of life. You will follow those who provide for you. This is why that during even at that time, when Jesus fed the five thousand, the Romans were not happy because the poor and the people will follow those who give food to them. This is also in uh, some government, including you know our country. Uh, that's why you cannot distribute distribute food freely. Because it affect the kind of political movement, because those who provide food. And throughout all the war, whatever the war that is, that whether the black gold, like oil and gas, but it's always involved commodity. Always involved rice and corn. You know, there's a war recently. Uh, you know, Maybe India increased rice, and then other countries, and then wheat and barley, all of that. It's always a commodity war. Are you still with me? So that's why they said, "I, I, I want to follow Jesus, the leader. But here, because they follow Jesus, because the one that's alive, they saw the resurrection. They saw the crucifixion, it was done, it was finished, and they see the Holy Spirit, they preach the gospel, because they believe the kingdom of God, the kingdom comes, and it will be coming, the second, the, the second coming of the king. And therefore, they continue to follow Jesus, even though they cannot see physical, but they know that Jesus is their leader, because they are savior. Not the Roman, not the emperor, not the food not whoever I follow Jesus because he is the leader of my soul he's the leader of those who come to believe in so that's why we call it the kingdom of god for those who come into term with the king jesus so we are here with all different ethnic and, and nation we even though by our nationality we will uh, we will pledge allegiance to our country flags but as a christian we need to pledge Allegiance to Jesus. That's why oftentimes we say, I am a Christian Vietnamese. I'm not Vietnamese Christian. I'm a Christian Vietnamese, you mean, Christ's value comes first before my cultural value. Those of you sometimes have the other side, you know, you whether it's uh, a, a Japanese, American, you know, if you put a, a, a your country value first, Christ comes second. I am a Christian Vietnamese. I follow Christ first. Whatever, the other comes second. Yeah. Jesus is our leader. He is our savior. We follow those who save us. And he is the savior of our soul. Spare us from eternal condemnation. Even the apostle in jail, let's say, I don't know, three months, three days. Or put there for life sentence. They will not be there forever. Even they die in jail. Jesus save their soul. Fear the one that who can kill both the soul and the body, not the one only kill the body. This is why we see a lot throughout history all the persecution who are strong in faith. They are happy to be beheaded and cut into pieces. And in the book of Hebrew describe that ugly pieces of all persecution throughout history, and even till today in Middle East. Why they are standing so strong because they believe Jesus is their leaders and savior, not any foreign power. I was in um, Yangon, uh, Myanmar, about two weeks ago. And <laughs> one of our brothers and sister asked me, uh, from, uh, asked me, honestly, Pastor Love, can you give uh, me your honest opinion uh, about our current country? Do we have, is there any hope for us that to win this war? Talking about the uh, uh, the ruling party and then the people Party, right? Because they still have a lot of uh, uh, rebels and up fighting in outside Yangon, country bombing, all the fight. So the c- country is still outside Yangon, is still not very safe. Uh, I said, if you ask me <laughs> honestly, I say there's not stand a chance that you're gonna win <laughs> because the army is so powerful, right? They control all the resources. Um, the only way is because you think that Jesus come, uh, you think about the, the, the Bible. I have to think on the biblical perspective. That's all the Jewish want. They want the Roman to be out. They fought. The last station that was known as the Battle at Masada. That's one. They flock there, and they think that they can fight the Romans and the Romans with invention, with the catapult. They, 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 they bridge the gap, and they throw arrows. They kill them all. They always kill them all. But the sad part is t- in history. The sad part, all the Jews kill themselves. So they committed suicide because they don't want to die under Roman hands. That's not biblical, though. But that's their worldview. That's what they think they are in faith. But they have a misplaced faith. They place their faith in the wrong thing their political party, whatever the achievement they want to do. So I told them, you know, focus on the gospel. This is the great opportunity to share the gospel. Whether you're in this party, that party, under whatever, we continue to spread the good news. That's what the the disciple did. That's what the disciple did because they followed Jesus. Don't wait for foreign aid. Don't wait for foreign power. That's what the Israelites were waiting as well. Oh, come of Egypt to fight Persian. Oh, Persian, come save it to fight another one. And they all mess up because they have rejected God as their king. The messiness in our life oftentimes because we seek other allies than Jesus himself. He must be our leaders and savior. Are you still with me? So do not have hope in any party. Do not have hope in any form of government. Must be Jesus, leaders, savior. Amen. So I was told them, maybe not, not what they want to hear. But I mean, at least they're being honest. And I told them, at least from my side, at least from biblical perspective, I mean, how long the Jews have been fighting. <laughs> Been fighting for decades. That's why sometimes you know they have good weapon as well, good weapon, <laughs> good invention, technology advancement, all of that. You know, big supplier to other countries. Um, but they, they they have misplaced their faith in in the wrong thing, in the wrong leaders, a wrong savior, and not Jesus. You still with me, right? Number uh, 2C, witness of God's sovereignty, obedience, repentance, and forgiveness. This is I mean, simple Sunday school. <laughs> we all say, yeah, you know, we want to hear the word of God, obey. But, but try this, huh? When you go home and read your Bible, even this passage, r- write down something that you want to obey and do immediately in the next week. And check yourself. Like, share the good news. Or you say, oh, yeah, it's not me, I'm not professional, I'm not expert, you know, let's give it some expert. You give that job to evangelists. And that's why today, in in today's world, we have professional evangelists. And all of us are, uh, uh, you know, incapacitated to share the gospel. Oh, yeah, I cannot pray for that one. Ask someone who is, you know, more anointed prayer. Oh, I cannot, you know, share the gospel because, you know, my uh, uh, my tongue is not good. You know, ask somebody. If you believe in Jesus, you should share the gospel. That's it. Period. Obedience, repentant, forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness if you and I mess up. Because the grace of God is good, sufficient. Repentant is a lifestyle. Obedience is a lifestyle. Forgiveness, forgive one another and receive forgiveness from God and give to others is a lifestyle. I can't, I can't understand and scratch my mind when somebody says, Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I can't forgive that person and that person. Then you declare you're not Christian. Then you say, the gospel is not valid for me. I don't like the gospel, therefore I don't forgive that person. The Jew find it very, very challenging to forgive the Romans. You think it's easy, they occupy the land, they take the control, they take the resources, they force the taxes, you know, that's why, you know, uh, uh, th- uh, that's why uh, Matthew, they were hated among the disciples, because he's a tax collector, or you sided with the Roman and you collected from our Jewish brother, it's not easy for Matthew to mingle with their third disciple <laughs> because he was collecting quite a lot of tax from them, it's hard to forgive him among the twelve, in terms of, you know, the emotional struggle. Think about this. Think about somebody that you really hate or some country that you really don't like. Sitting in this congregation and you go and give a hug and say, I love you, brother. I forgive you. It's tough. That's what they did. They forget the Romans. Pray for the Romans. They're in jail. They got p- and they're rejoicing. They're dancing. And they're praying. And they're preaching the gospel. Think about that. You think it's easy? No. Are you still with me? Yes. The next point. Uh, Man's idea via God's plan. This is in a section of the guy, uh, one of the Pharisees, respected you know, uh, uh, Gamaliel. And the one he was, later on we know that he's also teachers of uh, the Apostle Paul in terms of the Torah, in terms of God's, God's law in the Old Testament. And he, he kind of calmed down the crowd because they really want to kill the disciple. And he said, wait, you know, you saw all the revolts. You saw all the, and if it's men idea, they will die. But wait, pay attention. If this is God's idea, this is God's plan, you don't want to oppose God. You will be, (laughs) you know, you harm yourself. You will be dead. And so they came calm because he explained to the crowd, the mob, who at this time was, you know, furious and angry enraged, want to kill the disciple. Think about the scene of the mob. Try to stone them, try to kill them, try to cut them, try to stab them, perhaps, because it's a mob. It's an angry crowd. But they, the disciple, witness God's sovereignty by through one guy who seemed to have the fear of the Lord. Because they say, guys, if this man's idea, it will be crushed. Don't worry. It will take a few days, a week, or months. But if God's idea, you don't want to mess it up. So on this point i'd like to invite jonah to come up and share with us uh, uh, on this point jonah are you there all right over to you jonah
0: okay yeah thank you pastor lap so um yeah in verses 34 to 39 here we see gamaliel's case for letting the disciples go here he cited two other in instances where individuals were rallying followers to upset the order, only to be killed and to have their plans thwarted. And here, Gamaliel says and believes that those are all part of God's plan. So from here, from Gamaliel's, um, from Gamaliel's mindset, we can see a very strong faith in God's judgment and that Gamaliel is willing to risk letting the disciples go, believing that God's will, which in the Scripture he admits not knowing, will ultimately be carried out one way or the other. So in a sense, him speaking up for the disciples is also a form of intervention that God did in the Sanhedrin's plan to kill them. Because uh, originally the Sanhedrin planned to kill them, right? But because of Gamaliel's intervention... The plan was derailed, and the disciples were let go in order for them to continue preaching about Jesus. So what does this mean for us? Uh, In Proverbs 69, uh, it said, in the hearts of humans, uh, they plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And yeah, I think it's a bit ridiculous for us to compare ourselves to the Sanhedrin or the Two individuals that Gamaliel cited, because it's not as if we are trying to start riots or trying to upset governments. But you know, even if our plans aren't as sinister as the Sanhedrin or the two that Gamaliel mentioned, it is important for us, as Christians, to still realize God's will uh, and understand that it will ultimately prevail. And for us to constantly respect God's sovereignty in our lives. So does that mean that we're not allowed to make plans? No, of course not. But that means that we have to be mindful of God's presence in our world, in our lives, and not hold too stubbornly to our own plans. We must be flexible enough to allow God to move in whatever we do. Otherwise, we might just end up like those that Gamalil cited, putting ourselves against God's unstoppable plan. Okay, that's, that's all I have.
1: Um, as we going to move to the next point, we see that because of this guy, even though he was not one of the s- disciples, he did not seem to really fully believe and follow Jesus. However, because he is the Pharisee, he believed the Old Testament, and he has the fear of the Lord, the Lord Yahweh. And he understands clearly, that when God's plan is set in, no one can stop. So at least God used him in this circumstance to really prevent, you know, the killing of the disciple. Because once the mob crushed the disciple, no one were responsible. Because they would, ignore, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And this is how normally happened in the mob. They can crush him, just stamp it on them, and they die. But God st- have a plan for them that they continue to spread the news. So He used this guy to really kind of bring, you know, calmness to the angry mob. Talking about the mob in our modern world, especially if we talk specifically about Christians, okay? Uh, because those who don't know Jesus Christ, they can protest, they can riot, they can do whatever they want, And simply because they don't believe in God. So they do whatever they want. They are king. They are God. Right? Talking about those Christians. I still have a, a whether frustration, persuasion, a conviction, or an idea. Now, you know, it's okay to go on the street to, to, to riot, demonstration. We have to voice it. This is a modern invention. If you want really biblical thinking, we cannot find such a thing in the Bible. All the protests and the riots are the non-believers. Are the non-believers. The mob. They cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna! And they think that the Jesus coming to the king. And Jesus dies, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And now they crucify the follower of Jesus. And Je- Jesus told the disciple before that, Well, you, uh, you're a, a student. You know, you can't be not like you know my master. And whatever I suffer, you will suffer. You want to follow me? Yeah. All right. You will suffer. You will see, the suffering for the gospel. I don't know what your political understanding, but a lot of people ask me, Pastor, what your uh, what opinion on uh, riots and demonstrations. I say I would not participate. I don't, I don't see it in the Bible. If you show me some part that the disciple get angry and say, "Yeah, let's go to you know fight with the Romans," and I disagree with this policy, and uh, you know therefore return us our land, you pay tax too much, I will see none. Why? Because the Roman can kill them instantly. Just eliminate them. They win the world. Conquer the war. On the weaknesses. The power of the gospel. Not the power of men. Not the power of army. Not the power of military. The power of the gospel. The power to save the soul. That none of the weapon, none of the policy can save. Are you still with me? Next point is that they rejoicing. Rejoicing. And Preaching about this, rejoicing, just got out of jail, and they bit them. I mean, they got bitten off, and they rejoicing. They jumping, they dancing, and they said, in their own word, being counted, worthy. Worthy to receive reward, worthy to be a, you know, a, a good society. No, to be dishonor. For the name, the name of Jesus. Thinking about that, sometimes, you know, those who have family, children, marriage, you know. Sometimes we say, yeah, we can die for Christ. We can go share the gospel in your restricted country. But we got triggered and got upset with our, you know, one comment from our spouse or children or kids. <laughs> You're going to die for the gospel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, pastor said this, I got offended then I'm sorry, but, you know, live on. <laughs> move on, live on, because you and I can be in jail for the gospel. We will be rejoicing. And got bitten. And they rejoicing. And, and they say, okay, you cannot go this town. So they move to next town? yes. They, move to the next town, they share the good news. That's how the gospel of Jesus Christ spread from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of earth, and here in Vietnam and other parts of the country, in the world, continue a spreading of the gospel because those who believe Jesus Christ obey to spread out the good news. The unstoppable are those Who believe in Jesus Christ. Continue to rejoice in the suffering of their life. Oh, my mom said this. My dad said this. Oh, my teacher said this. Forget about fix your eyes on on the cross. (laughs) Because you have been crucified. And you no longer live. But Christ lives in you. You are the gospel carrier. (laughs) You carry the gospel. And even you suffer the dishonor. (laughs) For the name. The name of Jesus Christ. Ask yourself. Are you willing to be counted worthy this honor in your family, <laughs> your loved one, at the workplace, and company, and factory, and school, and country, and neighbor?
3: Or you want justice for
1: yourself? Or I, this is injustice. I go on the street, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna strike. I'm gonna sue the boss, I'm gonna sue the company, I'm gonna sue, sue, everything, sue, sue, you know? Like suing someone become you know, a career. They're yeah, so suing. Uh, Are you suffering for dishonor for the name of Jesus? The last point I want to make, and as we close here, is um, the teaching that Jesus is the Christ. Yes, they rejoicing, but they're not like, oh yeah, thank you, Lord, you deliver us. No, no, I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I'll not talk about the name anymore. I don't talk about your name anymore. The Romans were not happy. I'm trying to be peace in this country. <laughs> I will not talk about the name Jesus in this land. <laughs> you know, I, I want my job. <laughs> I want my job to be stable because I open my mouth, I lose my job. So, so, they they don't not they don't have a job. <laughs> they they ready to die. Not because they do crazy stuff. Just telling the name of Jesus. Teaching that Jesus is the Christ. Why? Because the Messiah. When the words Christ mean the Messiah. Because that's the Jew expecting the coming Messiah. And he came and he went and he gave us the, the gospel. But they missed the point still. I mean the Jewish community at that time. So that's why they continue rejoicing and preaching, teaching the name of Jesus. Are you still with me? Yeah. This is five minute reflection for us. As the usher can prepare uh, the um, the communion for those who are Singapore, uh, you can carry on uh, whether you would like to do a reflection with us or if your program there, uh, you want to end? That's fine. But we're gonna do communion. This is the first Sunday, so uh, God bless you. Maybe before we do communion, can I just pray for Singapore size? Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have been using uh Jason, Josiah and Jonah in part of this a vessel uh that being used to to share uh your word uh to the church there the congregation there. May you bless them and keep them and strengthen them, Lord. May that, that both here in Vietnam and Singapore that we will, we we all saved by the gospel, continue to grow by the gospel, and continue to stand and pro- and, and, and and proclaim the gospel to those who are around us in offices, in factory, in school, in hospital, uh, at home, in the neighborhood. Lord, may that you strengthen both of us, congregation, as we uh, connect together over this live stream. May that you bless uh, the 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 church there as. Uh, of us here in this congregation in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you nscc singapore we are about to take communion Uh, we're gonna pass the item around uh, wait for everyone to receive it there will be bread there will be a juice Uh, but thinking about this question as you reflect is our lifestyle being a witness of jesus Oh, Jesus, thank you for the work that you have done. Even though 2,000 years ago, And this time that we got about to eat the bread and drink the cup, a symbol, a symbol of your body that's broken for us, the blood that shed for us to cleanse of all our sin, not just some sin, but all our sin. Anything happened before ten forty-five today is the past, which means we can begin to live on this minute and this hour—a new life in you. Whatever the struggle that you may, we might face day after day, help us to learn to surrender. Whether we disagree with. Certain regime or other form of policy in the company, or even those are children with the house rules, we tend to rebel against because our nature is rebellious, sinful nature is rebellious against God. And Lord, as we take this bread and drink this cup, it is an agreement that bring our light into term with you not because of some magic power so that we can go to heaven it is a journey of faith out of relationship and not our religiosity may I invite you all to take the bread invite you all to take the cup. Lord, thank you once again, Lord, for your grace, for your love and mercy, for the power of the Holy Spirit that I pray that will enable each of us to be like the disciple to continue to share the good news the good news that deliver people from the imprisonment of their sin. From the bondage of sin. From the thinking, that looping and thinking and, and even vengeance, even bitterness, even unforgiveness in, in some of our lives that we learn to have to release the prisoner. The prisoner in our heart, those who hurt us, those who cause problems in our life, troublemaker in offices, factory, paperwork, visa, work permit, all of that. We pray for this country, we pray for the authority, we pray for the land, pray for every country that represented here, that we pray for our leaders because we have the great leaders, Jesus Christ, our savior. We do not follow we do not follow ultimately on the issue of faith. We follow Jesus, the rest, Lord. We obey the government on, on, based on the Roman 13. Even though we disagree, but we can obey and comply because we have we, been crucified. We die. As we take the bread, written the cup, we agree that we continue to proclaim the Lord's death until you come back, Lord. And Lord... Your word said every day in the temple from house to house. That's what we are doing. We are praying. We're meeting once a week. And then this, after the summer, we have a, a light net from house to house. We pray. We did not cease. We do not cease teaching and preaching Christ is Jesus. Help us to not cease to telling our other about Christ in the workplace. It is our personal faith. It's not a private one. We continue to proclaim the good news because that's the power to save. The power of the gospel. As Apostle Paul told the church, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the power to save. Oh Lord, help us, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.